Welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, hear stories of strength, and get all in our feelings so we can remind you that you are not alone. Our hosts are me, Carly, and Becca. Both of us are super passionate about mental health, advocacy, education, and shattering that stigma. We love creating opportunities for young people to share their stories and experiences about navigating mental health and life in general. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome here. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, it is a beautiful snowy day in Philadelphia. Um, but before we get started, we have an awesome guest today. But before we get started introducing her, we're going to give you that little rundown on why we do this. Yes. So Carly and I work for NAMI. We do, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And NAMI is the largest, the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization. And Becca and I, um, our home, our NAMI home is NAMI, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, we love NAMI Philly and everything that they do. Um, so Becca, tell the world what are some of those things that NAMI does or that we do in Philly. Yeah, so NAMI is, um, we offer lots of different uh, things to our community. So we have, we, we provide advocacy, um, support. We have a bunch of different support groups and we'll tell you about some at the end. Um, and we also ha- uh, offer educational programs, presentations, one of which is called Ending the Silence. Ending the Silence is a teen mental health educational awareness program where we go to schools, we go to youth programs, colleges, all over the place. And we talk to young people about mental health, warning signs, suicide prevention, what to do. Um, And it's always paired with a young person who shares the story of their own mental health journey. However, COVID... COVID. Turn the the world upside down. So we weren't able to do things the way that we would typically do them. So we wanted to come up with a way to still give young people a platform in which they can talk about mental health, share stories, you know, elevate the voices of young people. So henceforth, therefore onto us. I wonder if this is ever going to be something you don't do. (laughs) I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Go um, ahead, Beg. Do it. Do your thing, honey. <laughs> Therefore, we gave birth to the Yana podcast. She does this every uh, single episode, like without like fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yana stands for. You are not alone. Yay. Yeah. So that's it. That's our birth story. Our birthday, <laughs> our birthday. I just started. Oh, um, all right. So today we're going. We have a, a very special guest, as um, always. 
as always. And we have, and I did this again. Do you pronounce your last name Kelleher? Yes, Kelleher. Okay, okay, good. Mary Kelleher. Mary is the current title holder for the Miss Berlin Gorham Scholarship Program, a preliminary competition through the Miss New Hampshire and Miss America Scholarship Programs. She was born and raised in Manchester, New Hampshire, and holds a degree in dance from Dean College. Mary's social impact initiative is Understanding ADHD, and she is here to talk about it today. So welcome. Welcome, Mary. It's so good to be here with you guys. Yeah, this we're so wonderful. excited to have you. We're okay. so excited to have you. And I'm really, really excited to have you speak about your platform and what you do in regards to your work around ADHD awareness, because I think it's often one of the things that gets missed in this conversation. Yeah. So I'm super excited to dig into your journey. But first, I want to check in with everyone, make sure everyone's doing okay. And if we're not okay, we're going to love on each other. And I also have my question of the day, which I know you guys all wait for. Very serious question always. So my question of the day is, and I've been obsessed. If you guys know, a few episodes back, I talked about my addiction to TikTok. <laughs> the real situation and on I'm a, additionally obsessed with on TikTok people talking about their favorite products or their favorite Amazon product their favorite whatever product so I want to know what your favorite product is that you've ordered this year and why it's awesome and I also just want to know how you are in general so I'll start I'm doing good um, I'm on my third cup of coffee today, which is a telltale sign that I'm tired, but what else is new here in the world of Carly? But other than that, like I said, it's snowing here in good old Philly area, and I'm just over it. <laughs> like I'm personally <laughs> over the snow and the cold, and I'm just like ready for some flowers and sunshine. Mm -hmm. So my mood is kind of like, meh you know <laughs> yeah. but I'm doing okay um my favorite product that I bought this year oh gosh okay would have to probably be my Roomba vacuum those like Ooh. robot vacuums you know that you can like tell it to vacuum your whole house and it just runs around your house and vacuum stuff for you that as a mother that is like a clutch thing to have if you don't have one and you're thinking about getting one it's worth it worth so I would say it's amazing and like I have it hooked up to my Alexa or my Siri or whatever and I'll be like hey and I don't want to say the word because it will start hey Becca vacuum my floor or run the vacuum and it just does Oh my God. Yeah. And my dog pretty... would freak out if we got Oh, they that. do. My animals do for sure. My kids think it's awesome. They think it's an actual living person living that baby. is a, yes. They like, they named it. We named it <laughs> Ruby and she runs around the house and cleans and they chase her and it's hilarious. So <laughs> the Roomba vacuum, go get yourself one because it does save a lot of time and stress. So that's my check-in. Becca, how are you? And what is your favorite product that you've gotten so far this year? 
I'm I'm doing well. I am um, I'm a little tired, um, but I got to be with my niece the last two days, so that was really wonderful. I don't mind the snow so much when I don't have anywhere to go. So it was really pretty for a while this morning, but I also feeling grateful that I live in Philadelphia and not Texas right now. Great. That is, that is a clap up. Shout out to all of our listeners in Texas and in the Southern States. We are here with you and love you and send you all the good things. Yeah. Feeling very, a lot of empathy and my heart goes out. So, um, yeah, so I'm okay. Um, in terms of Amazon, I got two things because the reason why I'm going to say two is because one is for me and one is not for me. So fair enough. Um, I'll let you have two. Thank you. You're welcome. For me, I got an Amazon fire stick, which I love, Mm. especially love it because I've gone down to Florida a couple of times. So like I can, it's really small. I have it right here. Oh my gosh. She's showing it to us. What is um, it? I've heard it's of like it. that thing that you plug into your TV or whatever. Yeah. And it's like a streaming that's got all the stream oh. stuff. So like when I went to Florida, like I could just plug it into the TV and I could watch like Netflix and it's a portable TV. Basically. Essentially. That's Essentially. Awesome. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, I have, I have a my, I mean, I watch a lot of TV, so it's, it's essential. Um, it is essential. The other thing that I was going to say is I got for my niece, cause I, I have gone down to Florida a couple of times. So I got her <laughs> this like thing. It's called like a glow worm or something. And I, I, one of those. <laughs> and I recorded no, myself singing to her. So that she had it because she's like, she just turned one. So she's little. So this way, oh my gosh, my voice. <laughs> you were so corny. I love it. Yeah. That is really sweet. Yeah. Maybe you're really happy. So wonderful. Because her mom is a little strict about the things that she's allowed to have, yeah. toys wise and stuff. So it's hard to buy for her. So it was, it was, I mean, it made me happy that she could have that. Yay. Oh, well, I love that. That's awesome. You're such a good auntie. I can attest to to that for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, Mary, how are you doing? And tell me one of your favorite products that you've ordered so far this year. So I'm doing good. I mean, it's not that sunny out right now in New Hampshire, but we've been getting a lot of snow lately. We're supposed to get some tomorrow and I have a, my week off next week because right now I'm substitute teaching kind of like as a side hustle because I'm a dancer and there's not really any work for dancers so I'm I love a side hustle there is nothing wrong with a side hustle yes and it's a good it's I like I like doing it too so good and this is when the ADHD brain comes in because I have to, I don't want to choose just one like you can choose more than one I let Becca choose two okay often yes (laughs) so go ahead I'm really into skincare because I have, I have pretty bad, not pretty bad, but like I have acne. Um, and so I've been getting into skincare a lot. And, um, I, during the pandemic, I, um, started buying products from the ordinary. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, but I love this. It's a, it's a good brand cruelty free. Um, they've got 
really potent ingredients, which is something that I like. And there's like no BS when it comes to like marketing and they're able to keep their prices really, really low and give you really quality products because they spend, they don't spend as much money on advertisement, but I've done a lot of products for them. That's helped me a lot. Um, And there's one called, the one I probably like the most is, I mean, I can't just choose one, but the buffet it's got a lot of peptides and stuff, and it's really hydrating. I love a good hydrator. Yes. Good hydrator. <laughs> this is great. Mm-hmm. And it's like 10 bucks. Like seriously. Even better. It's so cheap. And then, like, the other thing I'd say, um, I got, um, so I'm a dancer. I'm a ballet dancer. And um, I've, I've say I crossed over to the dark side and a ballet dancer if there are any ballet dancers listening they'll know what I mean but I um now have Gainer Minden point shoes and they're a very controversial brand of point shoes because they're made out of polymer not like glue and paste like regular point shoes so some people think they're kind of like cheater shoes but I don't have that opinion and I really like them because I I don't feel like the shoe was wearing me I feel like I am wearing the shoe and that mm. is it, Queen. That so is I will it. tell you, I will tell you that we do have a listener who's into ballet. And oh, yay. Carly. <laughs> I am. I am a, I am not I I am a trained ballet dancer-ish. Not by any means near anywhere good. Okay. I did ballet my whole life. I'm sure you're amazing. My mother was a professional ballerina. Oh yeah. You're, you're probably amazing. No, because the, the thing is here, Mary, I got my father's jeans. Okay. I am a tiny, short, little nugget. Oh, so much. Um, yeah. With legs that are like one inch tall. And so I was more of a musical theater oh, but that's dancer good. by like, my, that's where my talent ended you know <laughs> like that's where it was I was never like that Misty Copeland Love ballet her. dancer but my daughter who's two her hero is Misty Copeland me too. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so I'm a big ballet fan so I love that you're a ballet dancer. Yes. yes. That's awesome. That's wonderful and I think that whatever shoe works for you is is it controversy or not work it? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't I, blessed with good feet. So some people were blessed with good feet. So they're, that, that would, they have an advantage on me. So this is me having my advantage. There it is. There you go. Use it and work with it, girl. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. I did ballet for a minute and they told me they thought that I was better suited for tap. <laughs> but tap is fun. I can see that conversation actually taking place. (laughs) Like as a small Becca, you'd be like, well, okay, let's discuss alternative options here. I was kind of relieved actually, because I hated putting on tights. So, oh my gosh, you're so funny. Well, I'll have to, after the podcast recording is over, Mary, I'll have to send you some of these special videos of my sweet daughter loving Misty Copeland so oh, much. Oh, yes, definitely. I'll definitely. send them yes. to you. <laughs> yes. Oh awesome. God, so well, cute. I have her book somewhere in here. Oh, we have all of the things. <laughs> like anything that Misty Copeland has created, we have here. So we love that. And I have such a love and respect for the arts. And I mean, 
to connect it to our podcast, the arts has really played a huge role in my mental health recovery Mm -hmm. and journey and everything. So shout out to all of the ballerinas and artists and singers and musicians and all of the things. So there's that. All right, let's get down to business. Yes. As I like to say. Get down to breast Let's get down to <laughs> Yeah, grab whatever you need to grab. I have my coffee. We're doing some stretches. And <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're getting ready. We are getting ready. Okay. So why don't we start by having Mary tell us a little bit about why mental health plays a role in your life. So tell us kind of, you know, why is that important to you? Well, I can remember ever since I was little, I had these things, I called them the worry warts. Mm. I watched an episode of the Smurfs and there was an episode when he got, Papa Smurf got the worry warts. And I'm like, I have those too. Um, So my mom started taking me to therapy when I was eight years old. And, um, I started to learn what anxiety was and why I get scared or the reason why I feel the way that I feel because I had a lot of anxiety as a young child that um, wasn't, I don't want to say not normal, but like just something that needed to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all my life um, I've been going to see a therapist and I feel like I'm since because I was exposed to it so young, it's so easy for me to talk about. And I still Absolutely. go to a therapist now. Yeah. And um, as you know, um, my platform is understanding ADHD. And I chose that platform because I was not diagnosed with ADHD until I was 18 years old. And that I believe is due to a lack of understanding of the disorder because the people who usually get diagnosed our children. And yeah, I was just going to ask that question. Is it more, is it normal for younger children to, to get that diagnosis rather than like an adult? Yes. It's actually funny because in my story, which was in one of the episodes a couple of weeks ago, I, I was diagnosed in my teen years too with ADHD and say, but anyway, I want to hear what your explanation is. Cause I think it's yeah. similar. I said that same thing. So. Yeah, it is. It is common for children, and oftentimes, even like in medical literature, you'll there will be words or phrasing that says like children with ADHD. And then I'm reading it. I'm like, well, what about me? And do I not count? I mean, what what about adults with ADHD? Does it just vanish? Wow. Um, but yeah, and it feels kind of degrading sometimes. But anyways, my story. Um, I, I thought, I was like, there's something really wrong with me. There's something not right. I think there's, I, there's something more. I'm like, I can't just have ADHD. And then I had a neuropsych evaluation done and they told me, yeah, it's just ADHD. And that's when it dawned on me that ADHD is a lot more serious than society puts it out. Because I, I was under the impression that ADHD was just like kind of a thing that people had and it was, it was something that made it hard to concentrate and maybe it made some people hyper, not me, because I have an inattentive type. But mm-hmm. I, I realized that it's it affects you a lot more than people think and someone needs to speak up about it. And wow. I, that's, that person is going to be me. 
Look at that. I really find so much, um, I guess, respect and admiration for people who have been given in a circumstance or who have been put in a circumstance that is not typically joy-filled or not typically easy to navigate and they take it and they're like you know what like I'm going to change this dialogue or I'm going to you know end stigma around this so I already know that you are an incredibly brave and bold person so thank you for that yeah and I have so much to say about ADHD but like because I do think, I love that you're, that you are talking about this and especially like the fact that there's, you know, not always the hyperactivity aspect, you know, because when I was diagnosed with ADHD, first of all, I was diagnosed with ADD. Yes. Um, not ADHD. And my psychiatrist changed my diagnosis to ADHD because of insurance. Insurance covered. Wow. Can I yeah. just ask one question? When did you receive the ADD diagnosis? Like what okay. year was it? Right. So <laughs> exactly. If you're, if you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. Well, so I'm a little bit older. <laughs> you don't look old. Oh, well, thank that, you. Oh, look at that. Thank girl. You. Get so it. this was like, so this is, thank you. Thank you. So this was like 1990. So I was like 15. So 95, 95. I wasn't even, no, you're, you're, no, no, you're, Say it I again, thought, Mary. Go ahead, I thought girl. you guys were like in your twenties. <laughs> I love you so much. Seriously. I thought you were like in your twenties. I am 30. Um, I'm 38. You're so. 30 something. 30 I'm going to be, I'm nearing 40. Um, but, but she has a young spirit. I do have a young spirit and, um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, but I was, so I was 15. I wasn't, 15. 18, but I was 15. I was in 10th grade. Um, and yeah, they didn't. So then I know, cause I was, so here's the thing. So in my story that I shared a couple episodes ago, I, I talked about how like I had this diagnosis of ADHD. And so after that episode aired, my parents listened to it. <laughs> And my dad was saying that actually, and I had forgotten this, that my diagnosis had been ADD because I didn't have the hyperactive aspect. I had the um, inability to stay focused and um, yeah, like the inattention, like the attention issues, like you were saying. And so then I talked to my therapist about that. I mentioned that to my therapist and she said, yeah, now they don't differentiate. There is just ADHD. There's no ADD. Yeah. My first email address was on, was Hotmail and it was Beck ADD. Oh my gosh. Hotmail. Hotmail. Mary's probably like, what the heck is Hotmail? I I had a Hotmail. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't think I used it. It was just so I could have a username for Facebook when I was 14. Hey, there it is. See, smart girl. But yeah, the, a lot of people don't realize, um, so I'm glad you brought that up because I believe it was in, I don't know the exact year, um, it might have been the mid-90s, but the diagnostic criteria for ADHD changed and ADD and ADHD became one entity. Mm-hmm. And now it's, there's three types of ADHD. There's, you've got the classic hyperactive ADHD type. There's the inattentive ADHD, which is me. 
And then there's the most common, which is combined type ADHD. Um, so a lot of people will say ADD, and it's not necessarily incorrect, but just um, in medicine, they just call it one thing because they, I, with research, they realize that um, there are similarities. I mean, not similarities, that it's the same thing. It just presents itself differently. Mm. And then a lot of people, they say, well, the, the, um, the rates of ADHD have gone up and there's overdiagnosis, but people right. don't realize that that also contributes to the fact that ADHD and ADD are now one thing. So naturally there's going to be oh. more diagnosis. That's uh, diagnosis so interesting. I have two yeah. questions. Mm -hmm. One, what was your Hotmail email address? Back? <laughs> That's really embarrassing, but I'll tell you, it was Ballet Princess 8. Ballet Princess. What was yours? Mine was Beck ADD. Beck ADD? Because, because when I was typing it in, and I remember my, one of my best friends and I were, were, trying, were making it together, and I kept misspelling my name. <laughs> Um, and so we were like, oh, and I had just been diagnosed with ADD. So we were like Beck ADD and that was my, and everybody thought it was Beck ad. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That I, nice. I will tell you mine. And then I want to know the difference. If you can tell people a little bit of like the differences between the three types, that would be really interesting. My first hotmail um, I grew up in a super conservative household, which is really interesting knowing who I am today. Um, but oh my was God's dancer, God's dancer for <laughs> four, three, seven. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Becca can't handle it. <laughs> that was my, that was my God's hot meal. Okay. I love it. I love so it. that was a little funny for everybody. Yeah. I now I want to learn a little yeah. bit, Mary, if you could kind of tell the listeners the differences between the two. So maybe some of our listeners can like find themselves in various mm -hmm. types. And I'm interested. Yeah. So let's tackle the the one that people the people know about the most when people think of ADHD, they're going to think of hyperactivity. So yeah. ADHD hyperactive type is the classic, what people think of. And oftentimes um, it is little boys that are getting diagnosed with this. Right. And it's called hyperactive is because hyperact hyperactive type is because um, there's a lot of, um, ex you can see that the person is trying to stimulate themselves externally, sure. but will come sure. across as like, they're hyper, they're bouncing up and down and yeah. they can't stop moving. They're speaking out, they can't wait their turn. Um, also with hyperactive type, they, they sometimes call it hyperactive impulsive type. Because these people usually will have a hard time when it comes, um, they'll have impulsivity symptoms. So yeah. this, this um, person who has hyperactive type ADHD, when they're an adult, they might have um, issues with money spending. Um, so that's, that's pretty much hyperactivity. Um, I'm going to jump in real fast because mm -hmm. this is interesting because when I also, when I share my story, like I've been told when I was, so I live with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. So when I was diagnosed with bipolar, which was much later in my life, they said that a lot of the symptoms yeah. of bipolar, like bipolar disorder, it can look like hyperactivity yeah. 
Yes. Um, be, but you don't have like an actual manic episode yet. So they can't give you a bipolar diagnosis. But back when you're looking at the criteria for a bipolar diagnosis, those symptoms are very similar. And so my psychiatrist now, his specialty is bipolar disorder and ADHD. And he says that they're very similar. And most often people who have bipolar disorder also have ADHD. Yes. Um, you know, so very interesting. Uh, yeah, because the spending thing, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I have such an issue with spending. You can uh, but that's really knows. <laughs> that's really funny because I am so responsible with my money and I don't I don't have I don't does that doesn't mean somebody with inattentive ADHD doesn't mean they don't have any hyperactivity. Um, but like for some reason I have ADHD and like I've been so responsible when it comes to money. Mm -hmm. I the only stuff when it comes to impulsivity would be like, you know, I live in New Hampshire, so there's a lot of black ice and I'll be like, oh, look, black ice. And I'll be like, I'm going to walk on it. And like, I don't give myself time. to. Okay. So, so do you kind of stuff in the moment like that? Not what thinking is, through the consequences. Yeah. Right. I was just going to say, is that a common symptom of the type of ADHD that you live with? What is yours is called inattentive mm -hmm. type. Tell me about well, that. Yeah. So, um, what I was talking to mostly like clumsiness, um, around, across the board, clumsiness, um, mm -hmm. is associated, but inattentive <laughs> type is it, they, there are some um, ADHD experts that like to compare ADHD types to Winnie the Pooh characters. And oh my so goodness. Okay. Hyperactive type would be Tigger. Um, mm -hmm. Combined type, I'm not sure if they have a combined type one, but inattentive type is either Pooh or Eeyore. And that's, I'm, I'm definitely Eeyore or Pooh because I, I was a <clears throat> space cadet. I'm looking out the window, I'm daydreaming, I'm fantasizing. And um, I'm very slow moving. Um, I get lost in thought in the middle of sentences. Um, I lose things. Um, and some stuff that people don't know um, is sometimes um, a symptom of both, of all ADHD, but mostly inattentive type is falling asleep at inappropriate times. There's been mm -hmm. research that says um, that's, Oftentimes people um, will appear that they have narcolepsy. So narcolepsy and ADHD can be confused. Um, and what happens is they found that people with ADHD, their brain waves are kind of, they produce mostly in the theta wave um, group, which is kind of like a meditative slash like sleepy state. It's kind of in the, it's in the middle of mm -hmm. all of them. So it's kind of like a relaxed, Aww. But you can also be sleeping when you have theta waves. Um, and it's called theta wave intrusion. And it's when you um, are not being entertained. You're not getting anything stimulated. And it happens really quickly. And then all of a sudden, you get really, really sleepy. And you might just doze off. But the difference between that and narcolepsy is people with narcolepsy, they go straight to REM sleep. People with ADHD would just kind of be like. Like a dozing kind of like sleep. Like you, if you made a loud noise, they would be, they would come right out of it. Okay. Like a deep sleep. Wow. I just want to say, I just want to say like, whoa. You I know. So like, I feel like I know a lot about different mental health diagnoses and stuff like that, but like, whoa. <laughs> you, well, yeah. yeah. I have, I have clearly, to be careful. 
because I'm not a doctor and this is, there's just a lot of research out there and people, people who are listening, they should always um, consult with a physician then take that advice over mine. But like, this is just um, research that has been out there that I have looked at and I feel like it needs to be talked about more, mm. but yeah, that's an example of, of my hyperactivity because I will hyper-focus on ADHD research and then I'll just learn and my brain is like a sponge and I'll take wow. it all. Is that well, like really incredible? Yeah, like would you say that's almost like obsessive in a way, like an obsessive trait where you're- It could be. I mean, I do have obsessive compulsive disorder. I was diagnosed with that when I was 11, um, which is also a reason why the ADHD diagnosis didn't come in because ADHD and OCD and it was hard to tell the difference. But anyways, um, yeah, it can it can be that, but usually they call this hyper-focusing. So people with ADHD, mm -hmm. they'll hyper-focus on something mm -hmm. that stimulates yeah. the brain. Because the problem with ADHD is there's a lack of stimulation and there's a lack of neurotransmitters, um, specifically dopamine and norepinephrine. And um, I, I won't get too scientifically into it, but the brain is under-stimulated. Um, the brain is bored and it, you look, you, people with ADHD are subconsciously looking for ways to like entertain themselves. So when people hyper-focus, they find something they're interested in and they just get sucked into it because that gives them so much dopamine. So, so is that, yeah. I'm like blown away by I know. knowledge. It's wild. Go ahead, Beck. Sorry. So, so, so then that makes sense that oftentimes, and you know, we don't like to get too much into like specific medications or, you know, but like, oftentimes stimulants are prescribed for yes ADHD um and like a lot I know I've had people but like if they're hyperactive why are they getting yeah. stimulants you know but like it makes sense for the more it, attentive yeah it gives them what they're looking for so they don't have to go search for it but mm -hmm. yeah I, I take stimulant medication um and it, it does um they prescribe it for all types of ADHD and narcolepsy yeah. actually yeah. I have some questions that I want to learn about Mary when you were like you said you got diagnosed with OCD when you were 11. 11 can yeah. you tell our listeners and me and Becca like what what led to that diagnosis like what were some of the, your experiences mm -hmm. and some things that you may have lived with some of the challenges and things of that nature when you were young yeah so I remember ever since I was real little like things had to be just right. And mm -hmm. like, I wanted things to be lined up neatly. And um, I would, I, I had anxiety um, too. And of course, OCD is an anxiety disorder. And then like, as I went through elementary school, it got more and more. And then I started having rituals and like I get asked my parents about them but I would have to kiss everybody good night and say good night to everybody and if I didn't feel like I said it good enough I would have to do it again and again and the same thing if I I would say sorry and then I would say if I would apologize for something I would um, obsessively say sorry and if I didn't feel like I would think to myself well what if I like hallucinated that I said sorry and I didn't actually say sorry so I'd end up saying like sorry 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 to the person um mm. so I would have all these like rituals and I would ask I remember asking my mom before dinner time when I was saying are you sure this cup is mine this is my cup are you sure and so I got diagnosed 
with it and they said oh you have OCD and I'm like what's that and they're like obsessive compulsive disorder and, and they said this to you at 11 yeah so you were like cool like what does this mean yeah well I thought it was kind of cool because I'm like oh like <laughs> that explains it explains things yeah uh, for sure but yeah that's I mean I still I still have it um but yeah I don't really remember what the question was I was gonna, I, I love to learn about ex, like your lived experience. So you shared some of your symptoms, I guess, right? To lead up to your diagnosis. Did you feel like your OCD interfered with your life or your school or how, how did you live with it? It definitely did interfere with my schooling a lot. Um, and they, my OCD originally is what what um, what was able to get me a 504 plan at school. Um, Tell us what that is too. Yes. I want to know. So a 504 plan under the Americans with Disabilities Act, employers and students have the right to reasonable accommodations, mm -hmm. and they can be given a 504 plan, um, which is I think it's only called that at when it's a student, but it's, um, it's accommodations to help somebody with any kind of uh, disability ailment, mental or physical. And so my accommodations were um, extra time on homework assignments and tests. And um, I had those in place because I would take so long mm -hmm. on homework. And that was because I would reread and reread and because mm -hmm. um, I didn't feel like things were just right and I had to make sure but we also didn't realize that there was also OC I'm not OCD ADHD in there who right, was right. like I was getting distracted and I feel that my OCD masked my ADHD because um, it like it it caught things that would have fallen through the cracks because I had rituals where I have to count all the stuff in my bag and make sure I have everything and I would do it over and over and over again and I think for that reason I like wasn't like forgetting things as much and mm. I wasn't as in it well not as I was still inattentive but like it was not as noticeable because of that so interesting. Yeah, I had the same kind of accommodations. Um, and it was, yeah, like, I mean, even to this day, um, I, like, when I watch TV, I have to, like, rewind a lot, you oh, yeah. know, like, if it's something that's, like, I'm trying to focus on, like, you know, um, ha that's, like, heavy. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, some shows, like, you can kind of if you zone out, but, like, also, if you like, when I read a book, I always, I find I have to like go back and read pages, you know, and um, it's so frustrating, but, um, and I was the same way in school and I always had to like rewrite out my notes and, um, and I had a note taker when I was in college and that was the best. I wish I had that. Nice. Yeah, it was, um, they would, yeah. Cause like I, it was trying to like keep notes together and focus on what was going on. It was just too much for me. So it was really wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Accommodations are great. And I had them in college too. Um, in college, I wasn't allowed to like hand in assignments late, but I um, had, and in college, it was more because of ADHD. Um, but I had extended times 
time on tests and I could have a, um, I had uh, text-to-speech software, yeah, text-to-speech software that would read um, the test to me because sometimes I would read too fast and misread um, things. So I get extended time. Um, and I had an academic coach, which wasn't a tutor. She didn't like do my work for me, but she basically, she would help me like get things together. She would flip the page for me. She would um, read things to me. She would type things out for me. She would be like, this is what we're going to work on first. Or um, what do you want to do? She was someone who would do all the tedious little tasks for mm -hmm. me. That I didn't like doing, but I wanted to show you, I have um, my therapist gave he gave me two of these because I think he forgot that he gave me one. And I don't, uh -huh. he's retired now. So it's kind of sad, but I saw him from age eight to 19. And then I went to college. Wow. Else. You saw him for the, so long. What an incredible relationship. Yeah. Um, he, he retired, I think. So um, I, don't, I see somebody else now, but he gave me these magnets that he made and I'll read them to you. It's called OCD lies. You mm -hmm. must be a hundred percent certain you cannot survive anxiety. If you think it, it must be very important. Thoughts and actions are the same. If something bad happens, it will be your fault. You must be perfect. You must control your thoughts. So it's it's the lies of OC. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That is, and I feel like those lies, right, that folks living with OCD, like you just read, I'm sure so many people hear those lies in their oh. head often, you know, regardless of diagnosis or whatever, those are just common eyes that our mind likes yeah. to tell us. But yeah, I like that you have that magnet to remind yourself like, no, Mary, like this is a lie right here. Yeah, I want one of those. <laughs> I remember when he gave it to me, I was like, maybe my brain will listen to me if I do that. <laughs> maybe I wish I could train my brain to listen to me off more than it does yeah. yeah I know or at least that my brain would talk, would say the right things <laughs> yeah right oh my goodness that is so true wow. so so true so those you said there was three types of ADHD did you cover all three was there so you I think like the yeah the the third one would just be combined you have both inattentive oh, okay and, and there, there's diagnostic criteria in the DSM-5 um, that the providers will have to check off um, um, for people to be diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I think I wanna also quickly talk about some of the um, other mental illnesses that people live with oftentimes either mask mm -hmm. an ADD or ADHD diagnosis or people may not realize that they're living with ADHD. Like how Mary's story was, you weren't diagnosed until you were 18. Yes. And I think, do we, is that, that's a common thing that happens to older people yeah. because. Well, the, if, and my mom often talks about how they would test me a lot. And I didn't mean, like I struggled a lot in school, like a lot. And they would, I remember they would pull me out for these testings and it made me really insecure because like, I just wanted to be smart. I like, mm -hmm. I felt, I felt like stupid and mm -hmm. young kids don't understand how um, learning disabilities or ADHD or they don't understand how stuff like that 
impacts you. And so mm-hmm. they're kind of black and white. Like you're either, you're, I don't want to say stupid, but like mm-hmm. they, that's, you're either smart or you're not. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what little kids think. And they would pull me out for testing a lot. And I'd be like, why, why am I getting this done? And they'd be like, oh, some kids just blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, they're just, it's because I'm stupid. Anyways, that's kind of, I digress, but um, they would no, do that's these, interesting. That's really yeah, interesting. They would do these tests and apparently like there was nothing wrong. And um, my mom had said, well, can you test her for this and this? And they're like, well, it doesn't affect her grades that much, which is mm-hmm. confusing because I got held back in third grade. So there was a point where my grades were being affected. Right. Um, and they were like, well, her grades are too good for, to have this. And it was kind of like, well, that's because she has OCD and she's mm. she, she's a perfectionist and she refuses to fall behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because I was, um, my dad was saying, you know, when I had this conversation with him after my story came out and like, my dad was saying that like they thought because like my grades were slipping. Um, I'd always been really good at school. And then like, you know, as I was starting my teen years, like my um, my grades were slipping and like I wasn't getting homework assignments done and everything like that. And and my dad said like they just thought I was like a slacker, like crazy or whatever. And then they remember, he said that he remembers like one day they were in my room talking to me about it. And I was like, I just can't focus, you know, like I can't stay focused. And they were like, huh. And that's when they decided to start taking me to get tested. And that's when, you know, they found out, but it was, yeah, like it can present as like, especially as a teenager, like, oh, just defiance or like, like you're being lazy or whatever. I'm also, yeah, I'm glad that I had a a mother who advocated for me and wasn't like, she knew I was smart. And of course, like, you know, she, um, she was a teacher. So um, she knew some things um, better than like um, the average person, average parent, because she's used to being around children. Um, But um, she advocated and she'd be like, no, there's something like seriously wrong. And and nobody thought I was lazy because, um, well, I did. I thought I was lazy, but because right. I, um, the OCD overcompensated for mm. things. But um, I can't really, I kind of lost my train of thought, but. Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry. My mom advocated for me. And then, yeah, you were talking, of, you um, wanted me to touch upon like other um, disorders that can like look like ADHD or vice versa. Um, a lot of times um, anxiety and depression um, get mixed up with ADHD, um, sometimes even autism, sleep disorders. Um, and then people who are older who don't really believe in ADHD um, won't seek stuff out, seek help out because they're just, they don't believe that it's a real thing or it wasn't really talked about as much when they were younger. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I know I, I mean, I was having a conversation with somebody who's my age and was like, I think ADD gets or ADHD gets like way overdiagnosed, like 
come like kids, they can't sit still as it is. And, you know, I mean, why are you expecting kids to be able to sit still and concentrate in school? That's not like, you know, they just want to play and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's a, there's a lot like, you know, yes. There's a line. There's, yeah, a, line. there's a line between like, it's not just like, oh yeah, they just want to like goof off and whatever. There's like, you know, it's a little more significant than that. And, um, and yeah, and I like also how you pointed out about the 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 little boys because yeah <laughs> we totally thought my brother if anybody my brother was wild when he was a kid and we like totally thought that because like I could sit and read for hours and like when I was a little girl and like I did really well in school and so my parents were like you know yeah. my brother must have <laughs> ADHD but oh your brother but we switched in our Teen years we completely switched places but um yeah and I also want to you know what actually we let's take a little breaky take a break yeah okay and come back we're back <laughs> we're back yeah this is okay. I'm loving this discussion I mean obviously for personal reasons but also like I think it's so educational because I think that it is really highly stigmatized, you know, and really misunderstood um, ADHD. So one thing that I want to discuss is the mood component, you know, because I think like people just think of the inability to focus or maybe, you know, being hyperactive, but there is, you know, more of a mood component, irritability, depression, like that goes along with, so can you, do you, can you speak to that or, or? Yeah, um, people with, with ADHD, they tend to be more sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed that, and especially like, I can't watch horror films. Like I'm, cause I am like so empathetic that like they just, they, I feel like these things are happening to me. So I think that might have something to do with ADHD, but yeah, people with ADHD are more sensitive. Um, they're definitely more sensitive to criticism because of the ADHD itself and because um, of that we've had it all our life that we just naturally sometimes get defensive about it. Mm -hmm. um, and depression is, um, people with ADHD will often also be diagnosed with depression um, okay. because reasons because of like um, not being like things um, getting off track and like, you're, their life, um, like feeling like their life is, um, like despair. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Despair. Like, we're, yeah. Like feeling like they're not in control and then being overwhelmed is a word that I'm looking for. Yeah. Like we feel often feel really overwhelmed. And I think also because of the having to, I don't want to get too scientific again, but I think, um, there has been some research about like the chemicals in the brain being off. Um, so um, like those two can coexist because of that reason. But yes, there is a mood component to ADHD. ADHD affects everything. Um, it's, it's not just schoolwork. Right. Yeah. Right. And like interpersonal uh, relations. Yes. And yeah. Cause I know like, so my best friend, uh, she's a scientist yes she studies i don't know science <laughs> it's not my wheel you know like that's not my area of 
like that's just not my interest really you know but she's my best friend and I love her and I want to be invested in what she does you know and she says like she'll be telling me about what she's doing you know like she's um she just got her PhD like she works awesome at UPenn and she's you know she's a in education and all that kind of stuff. And so she'll like be telling me about what she's doing, what she's working on, what she's studying. And all, and she says she can just tell that like, <laughs> like glaze over. She's like, like, yeah. you're, you're not paying attention at all. And I'm like, yeah, but I really want to, I want to understand, like I do, I really want to. So can we go back please? Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, it's so frustrating. So it does, I think, you know, it can, I mean, she, at least like we've been best friends for, you know, 25 years. So like she, um, she's probably longer than you've been alive, but, um, she, she, so she like, you know, loves me enough to deal with it, but like, it'd be really frustrating, I think for like a partner or, you know, a boss perhaps. I, when it comes to people, I'm really, and these are people I'm really close with. If they start talking about something that I'm not interested, I'll be like, can you stop talking? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> like, it's just, I, I prefer to be honest with people, but if, unless it's something that I need to know, I'll be like, okay, I'm having a hard time and I'm a visual learner. It is common for people with ADHD to be visual learners, but mm-hmm. I am extremely visual. Like anatomy is so easy for me. Like I know all the bones in the body. Like it mm-hmm. just, like it comes to me and if somebody's giving me directions, they must, they must draw a map. They cannot, if they say it verbally to me, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Yes. And I'm going to end up in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I know oh, I, I'm the same. I'm the same. Like I, when I was in school, like if there was like in college, like if there was teachers that would just stand in front of the room and just lecture, nothing nothing I didn't get any of it like if they had I remember like so they didn't really have powerpoints and stuff when I first oh my gosh Um, they didn't really have those when I was in high school because my school was poor but so they like you know we're writing on stone tablets and stuff now (laughs) get out of here (laughs) but so but like if they you know if they were really good at at writing everything on the board, like on the chalkboard and stuff at least. And then when I got into college, like further into college, cause I went back much later, but yeah. you know, the PowerPoints and like, I, if that made things a lot easier for me. Um, yeah. yeah. I find, I find that like, I do the best when I don't take any notes and I'm just engaged into the lecture. I remember mm-hmm. my dance history class, my professor um, was great in like, he, he got um, like really good conversations going. And this was an 8 a.m. class. Um, and I was always felt like really engaged and I would find myself like too distracted from what we were talking about to write notes. And I would end up like, like I wouldn't need to study. I would just go and ace the test because I was paying oh. attention during the lecture. Because if oh, I would take so notes, then I wouldn't be paying attention. Right. right. That's why I had the note taker. Yeah, I should have had one of those. Yeah, but my my memory's been my my memory was never very good. Actually, my friends say my memory is like my memory now is not so good. (laughs) That's funny because I have amazing long term memory. Like I remember things that my parents are like, "How do you remember that?" Like I remember being on Cape Cod when I was two, and a spider crab got pulled out of the ground, and I was hiding on top of my dad. (sighs) Um, wow. But like, I can't remember yeah. like where I put my phone. Yes. 
because that's working memory. Mm -hmm. Working memory is different from long-term memory. That's That's so so interesting. interesting. Yeah. I love this so much. You have taught me so much, Mary. Like I feel so much more, I mean, aware of, of what individuals living with ADD or ADHD go through. And I think it's, it's so fascinating. I want to know a little bit about how your experience with Miss America has, um, how your, your experience with ADHD has played a role in, in that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, for, for those of you who don't know, um, there is, um, an interview portion in Miss America, just a quick crash course. There's no more swimsuit in Miss America. Um, Love that. Not, not, not judged on how we look in bikinis because you don't, that's not like you don't need to look good in a bikini to be um, a public servant. Um, mm. there's, so there's, um, we still have evening wear. We have um, talent. Um, we have um, onstage question slash social impact pitch, which is when you give a pitch on your social impact initiative, which is what we call the platform. And then there's a private interview. And the private interview works like, it's not like a regular interview, um, you stand in the middle of the room and there's like five to seven judges in front of you. You stand at a podium and they just ask you questions and it's not open at all. They just ask you a question, you answer it, and then you move on to the next one. And they like, it's it's really hard when you have ADHD when it's not like an open conversation because it can feel like you're talking to a brick wall. Wow. And um, it's, it's just, it's. I remember the first one I went into and it was like a train wreck because I just kept, they asked me about my platform and then I started talking and rambling on for like five minutes. And I wasn't even saying like things that made sense. Um, Cause like, I just, that I just, they just asked me about my platform and I just like started babbling on and the ADHD <laughs> took over and um, it was just really hard. So I've gotten better, but um, um it's really hard for a person with ADHD in, in pageants um, because they're looking for somebody who can just answer the question. Like they want somebody who answers the question quickly. Mm-hmm. And when I also have a slow processing speed. Um, so I have a hard time processing the questions quick enough. And they're looking for certain things like, did the person say, um, did they make eye contact? Did they answer the question? Did they answer all the parts to the question? And like, I think that like, it shouldn't be that way because they want Miss America to be relatable. And Mm. that's kind of like a superhuman skill to have. That's not very relatable. Um, Like, I think it's okay to, like break eye contact once in a while because when you are looking in different areas you are trying to that's there's been research that um that's how people retrieve certain things so it's mm-hmm. just it's it's a lot they like you can hear like me talking and I'm um it's getting across and I'm not it's um the stuff that I'm saying like it's getting across but like it takes me some time to organize my words and my sentences. And I have to look in other directions to kind of think, and that's not really acceptable, accepted mm-hmm. um, in the interview process. And cause it's seen as 
that you lack confidence, mm. but that's not the case. And I, I want to change that because um, if I were to be Miss America one day, nobody is going to come up to me in the street while I'm, um, while I'm volunteering and saying, um, how do we solve ISIS? You have 30 seconds. Right. That's right. Oh that's my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's really impactful. Actually, what you just said, that just kind of like rocked me a little bit, right? Like yeah. no I mean, one, I hope, it, I hope it made sense. No, it did make sense. It, it made did. a lot of sense. Can I just say how many times do I, how, how often do I say exactly what she just said? Right. <laughs> did that make sense? Did that make yeah. sense? Cause like I get, I forget whether I, the points I was just making matched, you know? So yeah. uh, that was really interesting. Um, and I do love that you said like the, um, cause I say, I actually had a student put on a, uh, evaluation form <laughs> and I said, too much. Too much um. I say um a lot, but it's because I'm like thinking through my next sentence. And I also love that you're saying this because I do think that this is, and you know, I know we don't get into certain political figures, but I do just want to say like in terms of stigma, like our president for yes. instance, right now has a speech impediment, right? And yes. I think that that is something that like now, some, I think maybe that'll help people who have like, you know, I have an impact on the way that people process, like people see the way that people speak, you know? Yes. And I, I mean, I hope, I hope that's the, the reaction that can come because I do think it makes a difference. Like he has to stop mm -hmm. every once in a while to like, you know, do whatever his technique is to not stutter, you know? And like, people think it's like, he's mm -hmm. not able to pay attention, but like, I think that that's a really significant thing because they're, ADHD, how common is ADHD? Do you know? Um, I think 11%, I have it written down somewhere, 11% of people in America are diagnosed with it. Okay, but that's- But I just diagnosed. wanted to touch upon, like, I yeah, I was inspired by the fact that the president has um, political opinions aside as a speech um, yeah. impairment. And that's like, the people think like when I go in an interview, they're like, oh, she's nervous or she's not confident or she doesn't know what mm -hmm. she's talking about. And the fact you said, um, you say I'm a lot. I do too. But you know what I see that as? I don't see that as I'm nervous. I see that as a loading symbol. Like just yes. put, like I'm loading. Wow. I'm I, I love, love this that. so much. I can come yes. up with metaphors for days. <laughs> no, but that's great because metaphors is what helps people understand things from a different perspective. And like, we needed that metaphor. We People yeah. listening needed to hear that. Yeah. Like I, people are like, people would tell me like, you don't say, um, and don't do this and make sure you get it all. You, you say it, don't be, don't make your answer too short. Don't make it too long. And I'm like, make sure you're looking at them. And I, I actually bring like a fidget toy into the room with me. Hmm. And I feel that I've been told by some people are like, well, you shouldn't have that because it might look immature. And I'm like, well, what's the big deal? I mean, and they don't, they also like, they're, they're like, um, like, don't play with your hair. Don't like be fidgeting around, but people do those things to help them process. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't understand what's so bad about them because I've been telling myself, I've been giving myself these tools to um, live in the world and I feel that they're a positive thing, but now I'm being told that, no, don't do that. That's a bad thing. That means you're nervous and you're not confident. So 
I want to yeah. change that. I love you. I do too. <laughs> I, I think that this is so special because like what you just said, like you utilize those things to help you process, to help you respond, to help you live in the world. But yet society is telling you that you look like a kid or you're being immature or you're being weird. I don't know. But you were saying like, I, I want to change that. So tell us about your platform, your social impact thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it used to be called Platform, now it's Social Impact Initiative, and it's called Understanding ADHD, because I just kept it simple, because people need to understand it. I'm just trying to make people understand it, and it's all about, like, clearing, clearing up misconceptions, letting people know what it really is, and what it's like to have ADHD, um, what it's, it's teaching people how to advocate for themselves, especially students. And um, I use my, my Instagram a lot for my platform, especially during the pandemic, I haven't been able to do much. And I find that people like when I, uh, when I post memes about ADHD, um, which is not very like, like, a pageanty thing to do, but like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I post memes because I love memes like and they explain, they explain, um, ADHD while making it humorous. Um, so I use my, my, um, Instagram a lot for that. And, um, I started a blog and I have a couple of blog entries. Um, I don't do it that much anymore. Cause I don't feel like it reaches that many people. Um, and I, I'm attempting to start um, a Facebook group for the people in the Berlin Gorham community. So I didn't touch upon this. I live in Manchester, um, but Gorham and Berlin are two and a half hours north. I live closer to Boston than I do because um, Berlin and Gorham is way up in the White Mountains. And I live in Southern New Hampshire, almost in Massachusetts. And so I haven't been able to go up there a lot because of the pandemic. So I'm trying to, I, I've started a community Facebook ADHD support group for them. Um, and I'm trying to get the word out. And it's also hard because it's a rural area up there. So it's harder to access um, care for, for any medical um, issue across the board. But I'm just trying to like get community um, awareness and try to have, be a resource for them amazing we need you we need people like you to lead these initiatives and to lead these conversations because without you you know and people like you conversations like this would continue to be unheard or and unhad so I'm really really proud of you Mary and the work that you're doing um, around Mm -hmm. this and raising awareness and shattering stigma you're a you're what do we call you like a groundbreaker or a um, just someone doing really, really incredible work in the community. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying like um, <laughs> it's hard, it's hard with the pandemic and I have so much like I, messages that I want to get across, but it's like, how do I reach people? I'm so, I'm so glad that, um, <sighs> I had the opportunity to talk with you guys. Cause you guys have an amazing platform too, and are doing amazing oh. things in your community and across the world. I'm sure people listen. We, we hope do so. Have, yeah. We do have, I have, I just was looking, we do have a listener in, or I don't know if it's a listener, but we have listeners in Russia, Czech Republic, Germany, England, 
or United Kingdom. Wow, that's look awesome. at us. That's really, it is really cool. So yeah, um, so I guess we kind of have to wrap up. I wish we. I mean, I could talk to you about this. I know it's so you're incredible for days. I know I love this topic, and I do think it's so important to raise awareness about ADHD because, like I said, like I know so many people who like roll their eyes when they hear people about it. You know, like there's there's um I'm sorry, cut you off, but there's um a meme that I've seen and it, it's a picture of a belt and it says the original ADHD punishment and nothing gets my blood boiling more than because it's like there are images of the brain and then it shows that there's a lack of blood flow and that physically there is a difference in the brain and that's what causes people to have these symptoms it's not because they're lazy or because our generation is making up excuses so mm-hmm. it, nothing infuriates me more when people don't want to open their mind and learn um, about why people are struggling because it's it's only gonna it's not gonna make things worse. It's only it's only gonna help the person. Yeah, um, yeah. Help the ADHD community if you try to be understanding. Yeah. Wow. Well, the world needs more Marys. Yes. The world needs sure. more you guys. <laughs> the world Aww. needs more Marys. What and the I, world needs now. And I'll sing it. It's love. Oh my gosh. You got yes. it, Mary. We got it. Yes. So before I before I close with our um, closing question, where can people find you and your work, Mary, on Instagram or whatever? Where can we find you? So um, on Instagram, my um, my title holder um handle is at berlin it's it's um pronounced berlin but you spell it like berlin so the accent is on the first syllable um berlin gorham and gorham is uh g-o-r-h-a-m i've got a finger spell it um (laughs) underscore oh wait no scratch that scratch that sorry um it's okay it's okay um miss Berlin Gorham, all one word, underscore 2021. So that's my um, title holder and my personal Instagram where I show more of my dancing and dance pictures and my dog. Um, (laughs) Underscore Mary, M-A-R-Y. I think two underscores, Margaret, um, and then two more underscores. Wonderful. Well, we will add the Facebook page. Sorry, what's your Facebook? I keep page? cutting you off. Um, the uh, Miss Berlin Gorham and Miss Berlin Gorham's Outstanding Teen is the Facebook page, and it's the organization runs it. Wonderful. Awesome. We will have all of them in the episode notes of this podcast. So we'll have um, those for anyone who wants to follow Mary and all of the work that she's doing, both. Um, on her title holder page and on her personal page, you can follow us at the yana podcast um on instagram and um we also release new episodes every tuesday um, Tuesday. on all podcasting platforms so that is us but before we end i want to ask mary the infamous closing question if you could tell your younger self one thing what would you tell her? I'd probably tell her you're a lot smarter than you think. 
Mm. Um, and I would probably just kind of, and I wouldn't do this to anybody else. I only do this to me because it's me, but I probably like shake myself and be <laughs> like, come on, you can do it. It's everything. It's, it's fine. I know it's hard, but you are capable of a lot more things than you think. And like, you don't have to be afraid. You can be, you're strong. You can, you have the ability to have confidence and self-esteem and you have the ability to do great things and persevere and don't listen to what other people say because that's irrelevant. And you could also that. say, and you never know, but one day you'll get to wear a really beautiful crown. Oh yeah. yeah. You'll be a queen. You are a queen which, girl. Which by the way, Mary has been wearing this whole time and I've been loving looking at her and her beautiful crown. Um, I know. I love it. I've seen it. Yes, a crown and if I could describe myself in one, and that's what I would wear as well. A yeah. crown <laughs> and sweatpants. <laughs> um, so also before we end, um, I also want to tell you that we offer a virtual teen support group every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Miss um, Miss Liberty Bell and I both facilitate it. So that is every Wednesday at four o'clock and, um, you can visit namifilly.org to get the information to, to log in. And then also we offer a young adult support group and that's from, oh, so the teen support group, sorry, is ages 13 to seven to 18. And then the young adult support group is every Monday at 6 p.m. And that is 18 to 25. So, all right. Yay. And all of our groups are free and confidential and mm -hmm. open to anyone who needs support for any reason. You don't have to have a mental health diagnosis or anything super formal. Um, we just ask that you come with an open mind and a welcoming and supportive heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Woo, exactly. So that's yeah. it. We um, are so grateful for you, Mary, and the work that you're doing and continue to do. You are such a, a bright spot in the world. And we uh, we're thankful for your story. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful for you guys and all that you do and for allowing me to um, share my voice and my yeah. story. You're wonderful. wonderful. You are wonderful. All right, that's it. I keep singing. It's time to go. I know. You make fun <laughs> of me for the English accent. And <laughs> I keep singing like a weirdo. Yeah. All, All right. right. Anyway. Well, we will talk to you next week. See you later. Peace and Bye. love. Peace and love. Wow. If you or someone you know is in crisis, Call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the Crisis Text Line at 741-741. Or go to NAMI.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.